listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, good morning, Mission Church. Pastor Jason here. Thank you so much for being a part of our family this morning. Uh, I want to wish a very special Mother's Day to all the mothers in our family, in our mission family. Um, but, n- but not only mothers, we want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the women of influence in the mission. Uh, we are so grateful for you. We have some uh, just incredible women in our community, and we celebrate you today. And, and I've said it many times, and I've got myself into trouble saying it and at, at various times in various ways, but you don't have to have birthed a child to be a mother. There are plenty of people in lots of our lives that have been a mother or a woman of inf- a woman of influence in our lives. We, um, you know, I can think of several women of influence in my childhood. Uh, my Aunt Reva, my mother, of course, you know, uh, but there were several women in my life that helped shape me into who I am today. And uh, so women of influence, mothers, we celebrate you today and we hope that your family is spoiling you. And if they aren't, I want you to text me or email me so that I can um, give them a call and and ask them what's going on. Why isn't there some spoiling happening, right? <laughs> so um, so let me know if they're not spoiling you, the, 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 the men and the kids in your house and, uh, and I'll be there to, um, to lay the smack down. All right. Not really. I can't back that up. But, um, so anyway, so happy mother's day. We're so grateful for you. Uh, that our mission family would not be what it is without you. So thank you. Andy's going to close the window because there's some noise. Hi, Andy. Thank you for everything you do. I appreciate it. Do you want to wave to the camera? This is Andy. <laughs> awesome. All right. Joys of being live, right? Lots of times, um, you know, uh, these, these, these video services are, are sculpted and crafted and, you know, cut up by video and, and uh, pre-recorded and stuff. We just go live because we just feel like, authenticity is where it's at, you know, mistakes and all awkward transitions. This is who we are. We're real and we're authentic. And so we're, we're, uh, we're with you this morning. Um, maybe about four or five years ago, I started, um, going to Augie's coffee shop and, uh, I, I wasn't really a coffee drinker, believe it or not. Now, those of you that know me, you're like, what? Um, but when I, when I was younger in my adult life and, and in my teenage life, like I used to slam diet Coke, like, like a 12 pack almost a day or something like that. Like I would just slam it. And so I, I gave it up 
And um, I decided like, you know, I never liked coffee, but a couple of months after I gave up Diet Coke, my taste buds changed, right? And, and, and uh, I was just like, I'm gonna give coffee another try. And I was like, dang, okay, this is all right, you know? And, and uh, so, I mean, it wasn't, I, I didn't know what good coffee was at the time, obviously. But, um, but yeah, so I started drinking coffee and um, pretty soon I got tired of going into Starbucks and them getting my name wrong. If you work at Starbucks, I love you. God bless you. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, uh, my wife worked at Starbucks for like um, 25 years. No, I'm just kidding. She worked there for like 12 years and uh, maybe longer. I don't know. Kim will correct me in the comments. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I started going, I started going to Starbucks and I just didn't, it felt, uh, not personal at all, uh, for me personally. I know other people have very personal relationships with their Starbucks folks or whatever, but I started, started going to Augie's and, and honestly their coffee was different and it took a little while to get used to. And, um, I, I, you know, I, uh, I loved the atmosphere, um, and I loved how it was local. Everything I do, I try to support local business. Um, you know, uh, we I, obviously I go to Augie's a lot, but local restaurants and shops and you know stuff like that. Occasions for birthdays and Mother's Day and you know Christmases, and we're always trying to find local businesses to support. Um, in fact, in the comments, why don't you leave the name of your favorite local business so others might be able to find out, um, you know, who their who their who your local favorite business is. But um, but I started going to Augie's, and 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 uh, pretty soon I noticed that the same people came in every day. And depending on when you went to Augie's, it was a completely different crowd. Like in the mornings, it was a lot of older local business owners, people, older folks who had been in the community for a really long time, young mothers, that kind of thing. And then once it hit about three o'clock, um, the college students took over and it was a completely different demographic, right? And uh, so I started to think to myself, like, you know, I don't have very many people within my sphere of influence that are not already saved, like that are not already in the church, that are not already in some way a believer. You know, I, I just don't have that many people that I come into contact with on a daily basis that aren't already, that don't already know Christ in some way. You know, and so I I took Augie's and I made it my missional space. And so I made it my job to go in there and to learn people's name and to remember their name the next time that I saw them, to talk about all kinds of different subjects with them from like, I didn't know anything about coffee. So I just asked as many questions about coffee as I possibly could just to keep the conversation going and also to learn, you know, like I was interested obviously, but, um, you know, talked music. If there was a cool song on and somebody had put it on, I would go to the person who put it on and said, Hey, what is this song? Tell me about this, this artist. Like I love music, you know? And, um, after a few years, 
you know, not even a few years, shortly people started to remember my name and they started to know who I was. And like, I started to have friends outside of the church, outside of the realm of believers, people with vastly different lifestyles than my own. And yet here we were in this space together weekly and we are fastly becoming friends, quickly becoming friends. I don't know, is fastly a word? Tell me in the comments, I don't know. Um, but, But here's the deal is I have gained so many friendships, people that I dearly love, you know, now through just deciding that this one place was gonna be my missional space for Christ. And so today, uh, we're gonna spend some time talking about sharing the good news. We've been in a sermon series lately called The Good News, and we've talked a lot about you know, what the gospel is and how we can un- better understand the gospel. And um, you know, Ricardo showed us the illustration of the three circles that uh, illustrates the full gospel really, really well. And it's, a, it's an incredible illustration, and we're going to actually talk more about it later. Um, but Brian Bell came last week. I'm going to tell you right now, if you missed last week's service, if you missed it, I I know that the feed cut off. We were having some technical problems. Um, But if you missed Brian Bell's message, you need to go back and listen to it on the podcast or find it on YouTube or Facebook and listen to Brian Bell's message because he brought a powerful word on the relevancy of the gospel because um, the gospel never changes. How we receive it changes, but the gospel itself never changes. That was Brian's thesis statement. And uh, I encourage you to go back to that. Um, I spoke uh, on week two about the gospel and the kingdom of heaven, right? The kingdom of heaven. That is the gospel that Jesus preached while he was on the earth. He sent the disciples out to declare the kingdom of heaven, right? And, and, uh, and, and lots of times we jump right to the cross. We jump right to the resurrection, which is vital. We have to have it. It's not the gospel without it. But the gospel that Jesus preached was that the kingdom of heaven is available now to everyone, right? It's available. Eternity is in session right now. Dallas Willard said that. See, it's not about going to the, it's not about defining your eternal resting place, whether it's the good place or the bad place, eternity is happening. Now the kingdom of God is at hand. We can be in relationship with God right now. And so we, sh- we talked about that one week. This week, we're going to focus on uh, some things about sharing the gospel because honestly, I feel like sharing the gospel has become really challenging in the, in the day and age we live in. It's been extremely challenging, especially in America. Um, uh, other places too. I mean, ob- you know, obviously China with the, um, 
with the churches having to meet in secret and, and all that, but there are challenges in America for us to share the gospel. And that, so that's what we're going to focus on today. I want to turn to Romans uh, 10, 8 through 15. And uh, I want to start there. We're going to go through a few different passages today, but I want to start in Romans. Before we read, though, we're going to Romans 10, 8 through 15. But before we read, I just want to stop and pause and pray. Father God, I submit myself to you. I confess that I am a sinner and I am unworthy of your grace and mercy and, and you love me and you give it to me anyways. And so right now, Lord, I pray anything that's of me, I pray that it would just fall off, be forgotten in the name of Jesus right now. I pray that you would speak forth your words in this time, that you would bring the word forward that you want to be heard and lived out. God, we love you in Jesus' name, I pray. So Romans 10, 8 through 15. This is, um, this is Paul, and it says this, the word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if, we, if, because if you confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scriptures say, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all. We need to hear that, America. We need to hear that today. The same Lord is Lord of all. He's Lord of all. Bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how they are to how, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I love that because Paul just breaks it down. How are people to know that the Lord is the Lord of all? Every person he is the Lord of all. How are people to know that if you call upon the name of Jesus, they can be saved, right? How are they supposed to know if we don't, how are they supposed to believe if we don't tell them, if we don't preach 
Who's going to hear the words? I, I love it that he also, at the bottom, I think it's very ironic. He's talking about preaching, but he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? He doesn't say, how beautiful are the the lips or the jaw structure. He says the feet because it's action, it's movement, right? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach, right? And so I just want to share a few things with you that the Lord laid on my heart this week about sharing the gospel. And these are steps not not steps, it's not like an acronym or anything like that. That would be a very pastory thing to do, but I don't I don't tend to do acronyms or anything like that. These are just a few thoughts that I have from my own life about sharing the gospel. And the first one is this. You have to know the gospel. You have to know the good news. You have to know it. The first step in being able to share the good news is to know the good news. See, I feel like lots of times people hesitate in sharing the gospel because maybe their life story isn't very dramatic. They don't have a dramatic story to tell, right? Um, I feel like sometimes when we're talking about sharing the gospel, we can lean too heavily on emotion or drama. Like I've, I've led worship and I can't even tell you how many camps. And when the speaker does an altar call with high school kids or middle school kids, like lots of times it's an emotional thing. And the speaker's like pulling on the heartstrings of the kids. And, and I know that I know some camp Directors have caught on to that and, and have asked the speaker not to go so hard emotionally at the ends of camps, you know, but, but here's the thing is when we rely too heavily on emotions rather than biblical knowledge, it, it can, uh, it can later on make things more different, difficult for the person who's stepping into faith. Um, when the emotions die down, it can be hard for the person to live out their faith without an emotional experience. If the ex emotional experience is what's tied to their faith, when the emotional experience dies down, they feel like they're doing something wrong, like they're missing something, and they begin to crave that emotional experience rather than just a quiet peaceful relationship with God, right? I know for me, when I was in high school, some friends took me to this thing. One of them was a Christian and um, the, the rest of them weren't. But uh, this one girl took us all to this thing called Hell Walk. And we thought it was a haunted house, but it wasn't a haunted house. It was something had put on to scare people away from hell right? And I was freaked out of my mind when this thing was going on. Like people, like demons were running around and like there was a cage that they put us in that had a fire 
you know, shoot, flame shooting up sometimes. And like, not when people were in it, thankfully, but like for show, they would shoot fire in it. And like at the end, it came to this doorway with two question marks. And like, it was like, do you want to walk through the heaven door? Do you want to walk through the hell door? And it was an emotional experience. And honestly, I wasn't saved at the time, but I walked through the heaven door and somebody was there to pray for me. And I believe that they had the best of intentions. But what happened when the emotions died down? What happened when the fear died down is that I was like, oh, this, is, this isn't real. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't really a thing. You know, and I just went back to the way I was. But when people come to faith out of biblical knowledge, you know, when they come to faith out of asking questions and inter being interested, uh, that is when faith begins to take root. And, and uh, I think one thing that illustrates us being able to know our faith really well is the drawing that um, Ricardo did of the three circles. Faith, if you could put that up for me right now. Uh, Ricardo did this drawing, and you can go on YouTube. You can find um, uh, the three circles illustration. Um, you can save this picture. I think it's somewhere on our social media feed. And you can just so that you know the gospel, you can go through this illustration, you can learn how to draw it and practice it as a way of knowing that you know that you know that you know the gospel, right? It, it illustrates the full gospel in just a few minutes. And so I highly encourage you to look up that three circles uh, diagram because the first step in sharing the gospel is knowing the gospel, and uh, um, if you want to go back to Ricardo's teaching, it was, it was on uh, week one of this sermon series. Um, Mark eleven fourteen and 15 say this. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe, right? And I believe that the three circles that Ricardo brought to us is a, an amazing clarifying tool for within our own thinking. So I highly encourage you to go check that out. The next thing is we talked about knowing the good news. Now I want us to talk about uh, living the good news. The second step to sharing the gospel is living the good news. Now notice you haven't done anything for anybody else yet. You're still working on you, right? You're working on you, right? And so this is step two, live the good news. I don't, I, I don't know if you already know this, you probably do, but especially when it comes to Christians, People see through your words and look at your actions if they don't match. If, they, if your words don't match, match your actions, they see right through your words. And I'm guilty of it. I know a lot of us are guilty of it 
when we say one thing and in our private life we do another, right? But, but here's the thing is you cannot preach a gospel that you're not attempting to live out in grace. You cannot preach a gospel that you are not at least attempting to live out in grace. And I say in grace because all have fallen short of the glory of God. But daily are we repenting of our sin. Daily are we calling into our calling ourselves into discipline. That is something that I need to work on. I'm working on right now as we speak. Um, calling ourselves into discipline. Uh, you can't preach a gospel that you are not at least attempting to live out in grace. Colossians three. 23 and 24 say this, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Everything you do, everything you do, making a grilled cheese, driving to the store, picking up your kids from a lesson, serving someone rather than asking to be served, except for mothers. Today, you're all good. <laughs> um, are you living the gospel that you're attempting to preach? Uh, a, a lot of Christians um, hold famous the quote, that's, uh, they hold this quote really close to their hearts uh, when thinking about sharing the gospel. And uh, uh, the quote is largely attributed to St. Francis Assisi of Assisi, um, and it's this, preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. And um, so I'm going to say that again real quick. This is largely attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, and it says, preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. And uh, I... I, I I bet I got some amens on the Facebook feed for that one. But uh, I, I, I get the sentiment behind this quote, and I believe it is a good thing to think about. It is good to think about this. It, it's good to ponder, you know, what are my actions like? What does my life look like? Does my life speak the gospel, right? I get the sentiment, but here's the deal. The real St. Francis of Assisi never said that. In my research, I, I discovered that uh, he actually, he, he said a few things that could be, you know, it's a real big jump to take what he actually said and turn it into this. And uh, so it's not 100% who actually said it. And like I said, I feel like it is a, a good saying um, you know, we, we have to live out our faith in Jesus. And largely, I believe that our actions do speak louder than our words. I, I firmly believe that. But that does not excuse us from using words. That does not excuse us from using words. We have to use words. We can't just let our life speak. We have to use words to preach and teach. And that's why the third point is speak the good news. Speak the good news. 
When the Holy Spirit guides us into a moment where a person is ready to really hear the gospel, and that may take years of relationship development. That may take years of you going to your missional space day after day, being available, right? Like, when the Holy Spirit guides us into a moment where a person is ready to hear the gospel, we have to be ready. And we have to be ready with words, right? We have to be ready with words. St. Francis of Assisi spent a great deal of his time using words when he preached, obviously. Uh, sometimes preaching in up to five villages a day, often outdoors, in the country, Francis often spoke from a bale of straw or a storehouse doorway. In town, he would climb on a box or, or up steps in a public building. He preached to any who gathered to hear this strange man preach. This fiery little preacher, St. Francis of Assisi, he, we know him, many of us know that our, this quote that he actually didn't say, but here's St. Francis of Assisi's with his life using words to preach the gospel. And I hope, I, I hope that this doesn't come off as like a bucket of cold water on your head if you hold that quote dear. I think it's valid. I really do. I think our lives have to speak the gospel, but it doesn't excuse us from using words, right? Um, Romans 10, 13 through 15, the passage that we already read, um, that we, we kind of broke this down already, but for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. How then will they call in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? It doesn't say... How are they to pick up your vibe if you don't put it out there, right? It doesn't say, you know, how are they supposed to get your good vibrations about the gospel, you know, through your life? It doesn't say just be kind, you know, and those things are important. Like being kind is more important right now than, in, than like it has been ever, but we have to be prepared to use the words. Otherwise, they will not know. They will not believe, and they ultimately won't preach. And so when you speak the good news, I'm going back to that illustration that Ricardo did. I think it's a highly effective tool to know really well, to be able to draw, and to... Um, and to walk someone through the gospel from beginning to end with these three circles. And so I highly encourage you, go find a video. Actually, Ricardo's gonna make a video this week of how to do it. We're gonna make a video this week. Ricardo's gonna make a, week, uh, a video on how to do it this week. So watch out for that. Um, 
but we're, we're going to go through the steps of teaching you how to draw the three circles in the video. So it's one good for knowing the gospel, right? It's, it's, it's good for clarifying it in your own mind. And it's good once you know it, once you're living it, once you're ready to share it with other people, it, waiting for the opportunity, once the Holy Spirit provides the opportunity, you can be ready and walk someone through this three circles um, illustration, which fully communicates the gospel. And so here's the last step. Here's the last thought that I have not step is you have to, you, you know, the gospel, you're living the gospel, you're speaking the gospel. And the fourth one is you have to submit the gospel. You have to submit the good news. And this is a really important one because this is going to keep you from being discouraged. If you keep this in the forefront of your mind, uh, remember what I mean by submit the good news is remember neither you or I can save anyone. We do not have the authority or power or anything to save anyone. Nobody is saved in the name of Jason. Nobody is saved in the name of Ricardo. Nobody is saved in your name, right? There's only one who can save. There's only one, and his name is Jesus. So, First, uh, first Tim, Timothy 2, 3 through 5 says this, God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all which is the testimony given at the proper time. Any opportunity that you have to plant the seed of the gospel in someone, it is an incredible opportunity. It is an honor to be a part of it. It is our duty as disciples, right? And it's our duty to plant those seeds but we don't have the authority or power to make that seed grow. We do not have, we cannot save someone. Um, we can devote time and prayer for the seed's growth, the gospel seed that's planted in someone. And we have to submit the outcome into God's hands. And he's faithful He's faithful, but we don't have control over the outcome. What we can do is we can pray for that seed and we can follow up with the person who's had that seed planted and see where they're at, but we can't control the growth of the seed. So we have to submit the good news to God. John 14, one through seven says this, let not your heart, not let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In the father's house are many rooms. 
if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is the only way that people are saved by the name of Jesus only. Not by me, not by you. So the gospel seed has to be submitted to Jesus. If we're trying to micromanage the growth of the seed in someone, we're gonna frustrate them and we're gonna frustrate and discourage ourselves. We have to submit the seed to God. So I want to ask you this question. Um, where is your missional space? You probably already have one and you don't even recognize it as a missional space. Maybe not right now that we're in quarantine, but maybe you did before quarantine. Maybe you did have a missional space and you didn't even recognize it. Um, I want to encourage you to spend some time thinking about your missional space. Where is a place that you maybe already go daily or a few days a week? Where is there a place where you can begin to build friendships? Where is a place where you can get to know people's names? Where can you live out your gospel? Where can you speak the gospel? Where, or is everyone you encounter already a believer? If that's the case, you need to find a missional space. You need to get some non-believers in your life and not to make them your pet project, but to build friendships with them, right? Right? Jesus sent out his disciples this way, Matthew 10, 7 through 14, proclaiming as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Require no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bags for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. In whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to it. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust 
from your feet when you leave that house or town. Only Jesus can save. And some people are just not willing or ready to receive the gospel seed. And that's okay. There are other people that are willing because Jesus sends out his disciples this way. And disciples means student, right? Disciple means that um, we're Jesus's students if we're a disciple of Jesus. And student means that you are dedicated to learning from someone who has knowledge that you do not have, right? It, it, it's learning from someone who has knowledge that you do not have. And like, so let's compare disciple or student to fan, a fan. Like I really miss my Dodgers right now. Like I really miss sports. Um, I'm a fan. Like I, I love the Dodgers um, and I keep up with them. And my wife is actually a bigger Dodger fan than I am. Uh, but a fan is someone who cheers another person on who is doing the work. A fan is someone who is cheering someone else on who's doing the work, right? I can't go up to Clayton Kershaw and say, hey, teach me everything. I'm your student, right? No, I just cheer them on from the stands, right? If they called me out to, to uh, relieve Clayton Kershaw, like I would fail miserably. Why? Because I'm not a pitcher. I'm not a student of a pitcher. I'm not a student of a pitch, pitching coach, right? I am a fan. I cheer the one who's doing the work on, right? But here's the thing is the disciple is a student, not a fan of Jesus. The disciple is a student that is learning daily from Jesus because he has the knowledge and the Bible has the knowledge that we don't have, right? And so I wanna ask you, are you a student of Jesus? Are you an apprentice of Jesus? Or are you a fan of Jesus, cheering him on from the stands? Because that's gonna make all the difference in sharing the gospel. If you're just a fan of Jesus, cheering those on who are sharing the gospel, you're, you're going to have a hard time sharing the gospel if you're just a fan and not living it. But if you are a true disciple, a true student, an apprentice of Jesus, you are learning in his ways. You're learning his ways. So I encourage you, ask yourself that question and allow yourself to have a real answer. Are you a fan of discipleship or are you a disciple, right? Find your missional space, invest time in it and invest in the people. It, it could take years, but eventually if you're patient and you are in tune with the Holy Spirit, being guided, 
it will eventually turn into a kingdom outpost. A kingdom outpost where there are believers there that are not just you, right? I believe it firmly. I've talked way too long, but I just want to share this one last really short story. I had been going into Augie's for about three years. And I had been developing a relationship with this one particular barista. And we talked music all the time and gave each other music recommendations and stuff like that. And I would always go in like six in the morning as soon as they open on Sunday mornings. And, she, you know, like I was never shy about telling people I was a pastor, even though that makes for some awkward conversations every once in a while. Um, but this one, this one particular girl, I, I, I feel like I was really tired that morning and I just wasn't in it in my head. I hadn't had coffee yet, obviously. And so I'm going in there and she said, so, hey, pastor, what are you preaching on today? She asked me, like, what I, this was my moment, right? This was my moment to share like what I was teaching on, to talk about, you know, what I believe. I confess to you guys, I totally blew it. I stuttered and stammered and I like eventually got something out, you know, but I wasn't prepared for the moment when it came, right? And it, and it wasn't a moment for planting the gospel, planting the gospel seed, but it was a moment that, that could have led to that conversation. And I totally blew it. And I swore to myself after that day that I would always be ready when that opportunity arrives. And, and so I want to ask you today, are you ready when the Lord brings the opportunity to you? Are you ready? Live out the gospel First, know the gospel. Live out the gospel. Be ready to speak the gospel and submit the gospel. That's my word for you today. I pray you receive it with, with a glad heart and you're willing to um, revisit it in your heart later on this week. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I have some other scriptures here. But I'm just going to close in prayer now. Father God, I, th I thank you for this day. Lord, you are so good to us, Lord. You're so good to me, Lord. Father, I know that there are those in our lives, Lord, that haven't truly heard the true gospel, the unfiltered gospel. Lord, I, I know, Lord, that there are people right now, actually a lot of people Googling hope and prayer. People seem to be more open to the gospel right now than they have been in a long time. Lord, so I pray, God, I pray for your people that we would be ready. Lord, and I pray that, Lord, that you would give us the words, but also that we would take seriously 
Lord, playing, like practicing the words, Father. Lord, that we would get to know the gospel ourselves. Jesus, only you can save. Only you can save. So we submit the gospel seeds in our life right now. And mission family, while we're still in prayer, I just want to, I want you to think of either a person or a missional space that you could reach out to this week. Even if you can't go there, maybe you can just send them a word of encouragement. Where is your missional space? Who needs the gospel in your life? Know it, speak it, live it, submit it. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word that is light to our feet. In Jesus' name, amen. As the worship team comes, I want to just mention this is the time where we take our tithes and offering. And so if you have the mission app or have the access to uh, the missionredlands.com, we have our, our online giving there. And I know it's a, it's a tight time for everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, people are losing their jobs and, and getting hours cut back. But I want to encourage you, the Lord is faithful. He, he's always been faithful. He always will be faithful. And uh, so we're going to just, we ask you to uh, get out the app or um, visit themissionredlands.com and click on the online giving tab. And uh, we... We, we pray over these tithes and offering right now. Lord, you're so good. And you give us everything that we need. You clothe the lily of the valley. Father, we love you. And even, even when it's painful, Lord, we remember that the giver of life is good, and so we give. The one who saved us and brought us, gave us access to the kingdom of heaven is good, and so we give. Father, we love you. Send this offering out into our neighborhood and the nations. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.